Hello, 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 and welcome to another show. I've got with me John Jackson here, a um, good friend of mine from Manchester. It is Manchester, right, isn't it? I'm back in Wales for lockdown right now, but yeah, normally, normally in Manchester. So. so is your family from Wales, and have they just moved out that way? I am Welsh, born and bred. Just by Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Where'd that I mean, come from then? I don't know, North Wales, we're more northern anyway, aren't we? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, about what you do. So, I've been in fitness now for about seven years or so, I'd say. I started out PT in the gyms. Last few years, I've transitioned to online, so pretty much fully online. Well, I am fully online now. Anyone's in the gym at the minute, are they? So, but um, yeah, fully online now. Um, I think obviously what we're going to talk about is for me, I found out that it's better for me and what I want out of life, but also it's served my clients so much better as well since I transitioned to auto online, just get so much more out of it. So yeah, last couple of years online um, and that's where I am right now. So Excellent. So what's your journey been like up to now? So obviously you say you've been in, in sort of fitness space for about seven years. So kind of walk me through your progression over that time, the way you've kind of evolved and grown over that period of time as well. Um, yeah, it has, it's been quite an up and down journey. I think when you're first starting out in fitness, as, as you'll probably know, you're, you know, when you do your level three qualification, it pretty much qualifies you, doesn't it? And the majority of the stuff you learn as a PT, I found, has been on the job and working with other PTs and learning stuff as you go along and picking it up. So tried so many things throughout the years and, you know, had so many different types of clients. And it's, I feel I've kind of got to the point where um, if I wanted to do any more, then I needed to move online because I was sort of stuck in the gym. You get to a point where you're kind of breaking your back, you're doing a lot of hours in the gym. And you also get to a point where you're not, serving your clients quite as well because you're working so many hours in the gym you're in there from 6 a.m till whatever time and then you go home and you try and check on all the other stuff how the nutrition's going you check on you know what they've been doing the rest of the time in the week so as much as i love pt in i felt like it was a good time for me to move on to the online side of things for my own business but also i was just seeing it so much better for my clients as well um in the past it's like i've, I've gone from like doing 40-odd sessions a week in the gym and you just kind of break your back after a while, don't you? And yeah. you just feel like you're not getting as much value out of it and your clients aren't getting as much out of it and you're not giving it your all. So, yeah, I think for me, going to the online side of it was, I just at that point where I need to do something different and I wanted to keep enjoying what I'm doing because I love what I do, but it just kind of rejuvenated it all for me, kind of, and made me relive it all again. And I feel like it's, it's working so much better for me since I've fully got it all set up and that online yeah yeah i mean i completely agree and it's it's like you say that actually it's serving your clients because i find when you are just in hours uh, in hours in the gym slogging for hours it almost becomes quite difficult to stay really positive and motivated for your say last couple of clients in the evening especially if you've been in the gym since like 6 a.m mm. if you're then going back at like 6 p.m and then you've got six to nine you're like oh my god i'm dying it it does make it a struggle and then I find it hard as well, the kind of post-session care as well, ensuring that your clients are getting yeah. sort of adequate support, like nutritionally, mentally um, as well. So on that, 
when you were um, a PT on the gym floor, what did you used to do for your clients to give them sort of like post-session support? Did you have anything sort of in place? Yeah, so we have the app and it's the same app that I use now. Um, so everything they track, whether it's a session with me or a session on their own, you know, obviously, you know, it's important to, I always say the results don't come from that one hour you spend in the gym with your yeah. PT. It's the other 24 hours in the day as well. Um, so they log nutrition on there, um, the workouts on there, pretty much everything goes onto the app. But you're, you're totally right in like what you're saying um, with you're slogging out in the gym, spending hours in there, putting all this effort in there. And you, you get to a point where you're just knackered, aren't you? And you feel like you're not able to give that support outside the session as much. And the, the other thing I found as well, what was interesting for me moving my PT clients to online was their results just got so much better when they came online with me. And when we looked into it and I asked them, you know, what it was, they all pretty much said the same thing. It wasn't anything that I was made to do differently, apart from the fact that they were completely online. When we have PT clients, from their point of view, sometimes what happens, I find, is they solely focus on that one hour a week they spend with you or, you know, the two one-hour sessions they have with you each week. So it kind of just revolves around that. And from their perception, nothing much else sometimes goes on no matter how hard you push them as a PT they just focus solely on that one hour they spend with you and I think sometimes that's the issue we have um the way we do it now online it's more of looking at everything constantly for them whereas when you're in the gym just for that one hour session a week or two hours a week whatever the sole focus becomes on that that session time and not much what else goes on outside of it not even so much from the PT point of view I think the clients they told me themselves you know they set themselves up in that mentality of waiting all week for that one session to come around. So it just, I find it works so much better. Um, and I think from a client's point of view, they enjoy it more as well. It, it puts more accountability back on them as well. Yeah, hundred percent. It's almost um, like a form of dependence. I find yeah. if, you, if you get clients that will train with you, say a few times a week, they almost become dependent on you to train with them. So if you're not there, they then almost lack that, not ability, but they lack that motivation to actually train and push themselves when they are training. Mm, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, and it's, no matter sometimes, you know, I've worked with really good PTs. I've worked with not so good PTs. But sometimes <laughs> no, matter, no matter how good a PT you are and how much focus you place on everything else, ultimately we know that it comes down solely to our clients to make it all happen. And if their mindset stuck in that one hour a week with you, you and it does happen yeah so um currently with either like your clients or a lot of the people that you're talking to what do you find some of their biggest problems and their biggest struggles are at this point in time so it tends to vary doesn't it but i think the one reoccurring theme um i don't know about you i imagine you find it as well it's we're in this I'm quite big on mindset and, you know, lifestyle habits and that kind of thing. So kind of in this world at the minute where it's all quick fixes and doing the stuff ASAP and getting results as fast as possible. And because there's so much social media out there now as well, it's, it makes it look like that's the best route to go down. And people are led to believe that you can get a beach body in like 14 days or whatever. So you're constantly chasing these quick fixes and, we know that that kind of approach is going to maybe get you a little bit of mediocre progress, but you're always going to never really get to where you want to be. 
end up slipping back to where you were before and then just going back around that revolving circle time and time again. Um, so my big thing that I come across is people have been in that situation. They've tried diet plans. They've tried following basic meal plans. They tried downloading the workouts online. They've tried juice cleanses. They've tried keto. They've tried all these different kind of things and got some sort of mediocre results, but never really got to where they want to be. And they're just constantly going back and forth, back and forth in this cycle of never completely pushing themselves out there to the, you know, to the right place and getting to where they want to be. And just always, it's that thing of always starting back at square one, isn't it? Yeah. I always say. And I think it's like, you know, when you have the January gym rush and the post-summer gym rush and that kind of thing. It's always the same situation. And what I try and do is, try and get them into habits so that they're never in that situation where they're always going back and restarting something. Because um, I think that's the biggest reason people fail. They don't look at it as a lifestyle adjustment. I don't know what you think and what your opinion is, but that's what I find. Yeah, it's um, very much that one thing, it's that consistency, doing things day in, day out. And it's, I was actually just having a conversation with someone this morning who's, uh, he keeps going through this kind of yo-yo cycle and like it gets to a point where he's got really good shape, like gets in really good shape. And I was like, so why don't you like just keep that? He goes, well, I always want to improve my shape. And then obviously the results become so minuscule and so few and far between them, the little wins. And he's like, so I lose motivation. So then I just go right back the other way. And I like, but if you're at a point where you're really happy with your body, why don't you just try and just maintain that? Like, and I, I think that is one thing that people really struggle with. They're always aiming for that improvement, always aiming for better. But it's like sometimes if something's not broke, don't, fit, don't try and fix it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where people get ideas from. They think things like, you know, going keto and um, fasting and all these other approaches. You know, like we know that if you stuck to it, like keto and fasting and that kind of thing religiously for a long period of time, it will get your results. But the problem is maintaining it, you know. I've always said who cuts carbs out and is like genuinely happy in their life because I certainly would not be happy cutting carbs out. I would not be able to stick with that kind of thing. So I think there's a difference between things that work and the things that work that you can actually stick to, isn't there? That's what I always try and get across to people. And I think that's where people get mixed up with it and going back to what my client's struggling with, it tends to be that, finding something that actually sticks for them. Um, you go through these phases seeing little bits of progress but the diet or the workout plan is too intense to stick too long to him. And that's where people are just constantly going round and round. So that's what I find most of my clients are up to. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that like information overload. I find because there's a point in time mm -hmm. you look on Google, like how to lose weight. And it'll be like, like you say, keto, it'd be X diet, Y diet, Z diet. There's all these things where they all contradict each other. And the one thing that's never really spouted on Google would just be just do one of those things, just do it consistently. Yeah. I think that's where you get the greatest results and consistency is key to most things, that compound effect, isn't it? Yeah, one of the client I spoke with not long ago, you go through this thing as well where you're, it's like you over-obsessed about constantly searching Google or looking online for <laughs> the latest thing. And I find clients do that when they're not fully confident in what they're doing is working. So it's like you find something on Google, tells you you're going to do this within a few weeks if you follow this diet or this workout plan. Um, so you start doing it, but then in the back of your head, you're like, oh, is this actually going to work for me? Am I going to do the right thing? Even like like one or two weeks into it, 
people start Googling this next thing and trying to find something else to do. And they see something else and like, mm, that sounds a bit better. That sounds more realistic. Let me try this one. So when you've got that constant doubt in your head as to whether what you're doing is even going to work for you, I think you're always going to be searching for another idea, aren't you? Knowing that this one, you're not 100% confident in what you're doing with it. So that, that's a big problem for people. It's almost like people need to appreciate that it doesn't take you two weeks to get out of shape. Yeah. It's going to take you two weeks to get back in shape. Exactly. And it comes down to the whole thing of when, like, when we do a consultation with a client and I ask them how long has this been going round and round, back and forth for. So I'm like, you know, the last client I spoke to was like, it's been like six years or something going through this cycle. And it's constantly because they want it fast like that. But in trying to chase it and make it happen really, really, really quickly, they've wasted so much more time over the years where if they'd just gone a little bit slower, did it in a sustainable way, they definitely would have wasted the last six years trying to do it. It would have taken them a little bit longer than, you know, any quick fix approach, but it lasts and that's the main thing. Don't you always say like to your clients, like I find the easiest part sometimes is getting to where you want to be. The hard bit is actually staying there and maintaining it. Maintaining, yeah, 100%. So that, that's what I always, the route I always go down. And I think a lot of people, then a lot of people should actually get to that point anyway because they're following these super restrictive approaches that just don't work. So, yeah, I feel that's where my clients come, come up. Yeah, it's quite funny. Someone putting out an engage, like a little post out on Facebook the other day, just asking, like, what's the craziest things you've done for oh, weight loss? And some of the feedback, and there was like, oh, keto, I'm, I'm loving it. And then you know, like two weeks in, they've dropped like 10 pounds. And it's like, let's see where you are in two weeks time. Yes, I did, um, I tried intermittent fasting for a few weeks. And again, like these things, they will, they will work. Like you said, they saw the, the weight loss. But it's about maintaining it. You can't maintain it. I did intermittent fasting and I thought, I'm going to try it, see how it goes for me. Um, so I kept a diary. Literally, I'd write in the diary how I was feeling every morning. Every day for about <laughs> two weeks, woke up, felt hungry and miserable. So I was like, no, this isn't working for me. So it's just not so, when you look at it from a lifestyle point of view, you don't want to be hungry and miserable every day, do you? So, All right, so I used to... Um... I used to do that. I used to just push my breakfast back before like intermittent fasting was this really um, like fashionable thing. It's about probably six, seven years ago and I'd start cutting weight for a fight. I'd just not have breakfast. And I'd be like, I'd just basically limit the amount of time that I have to eat. And I was like, that should work. And then I used to hate it. Like, yeah, yeah. just stress, it used to stress me out. I'd wake up, you wake up just like hungry. And I, I thought it was quite good for my actual like, headspace is in I, I never felt that groggy I always felt like quite fresh when I wake up but then I couldn't just restrict it I'd have to have breakfast like when I got overly hungry I couldn't like just be like no I need to wait 16 hours like that's why I think people get a bit too anal with certain things as well and then yeah it becomes yeah. far too restrictive I think the thing is as well like everyone's different like some people come not have breakfast um, some people, like, I struggle to function without having something to eat in the morning. Yeah. Everyone's different. And with things like fasting and that kind of thing, I always say to people, like, if you want to try it, try it. Don't let people talk you out of it. Because there's a lot of research gone into it. That there's a lot of health benefits for it. But I always say, it's, for me, it's not something that's going to be a long-term approach. I think it's good if you've got somebody maybe who has really bad eating structures. So if they follow a bit of an approach where they're a bit more structured with their eating, because things like fasting, it's not really a diet, it's, it's a pattern of eating, isn't it? As opposed mm. to a diet, because you're not really changing too much in regards to what you eat. So if it gets you into better habits, but yeah, I think we both 100% know <laughs> that 
the long-term best approach is the diet you can stick to really isn't it so then obviously looking at your um your picture you're you're in great shape as well so what's been your sort of training history like what sort of diets quote unquote have you sort of followed and what have been your sort of um yeah what sort of training programs and that do have you followed mate i've gone like up and down so so much (laughs) i posted like a picture of myself i think when i was about 19 or 20 so i kind of like was the opposite of being really overweight i was really tall and lanky and skinny and that kind of thing so i had really low body confidence i really hated I felt I had these really long, weird-looking arms. So I'd be on holiday and I'd be wearing, like, a hoodie in, like, Tenerife in 30-degree heat or something. It was so bad. You'll never find a picture of me on holiday when I was, like, in my late teens, early 20s, because I used to hate how I looked so much. Um, So I was the opposite end. So I obviously wanted to bulk up. So when I first started back in the gym I was doing the standard classic thing you know like the guy who goes to the gym and wants to bulk up and just does a load of cardio not even having any <laughs> that I need to actually lift some weights and stuff this is like a long time ago by the way um I'm not even having any thought about what I was eating so I kind of went through all that and I think from there I kind of cleaned myself up about it more and the more I was doing um it for myself the more I was enjoying it and that's when I qualified to be a PT but then I went through like different phases as well, even when I kind of got in good shape. Um, like now since lockdown, I've put on a bit of weight, but I feel for the first time in lockdown, I feel like the happiest I've been for a long time. And I think not having the gyms been open has been a major factor for me because I've learned not to over obsess about going to the gym like five, six times a week. Um, I've got like a bit of equipment in my garage. I do like a little bit of a hip workout or a circuit workout. You know, I've got barbells and resistance bands. So I do a little bit of that. I'm really enjoying it. I'm like really enjoying like my structure at the minute, going in and do my little circuit session, you know, five times a week, eating well, but not overly obsessing on every little detail um, and that kind of thing. And I think when you get to that point and you're happy with it, I know that I'm not in the best shape I'm in right now, but I feel happy about it and more confident about it. And that for me, like going back to what you said before, people constantly chasing this perfect thing and wanting to, push further and further and further and you've got to be realistic haven't you about how far you can sometimes go with these things because you know guys like me and you and our clients and stuff they're not cover models they're not people who are paid to train and they get their meals made for them every day and you know they have people that are doing all these things for them so there's a kind of limit to how far people can go and I think years ago I didn't really so understand that either I was constantly looking at the people and comparing myself and not really realizing that everyone is different so that's the, been the biggest thing for me. And it's, it's weird that it's taken me like, the last few years and a global pandemic to really kind of <laughs> make me quite comfortable, happy with thinking, do you know what? My body fat's not the lowest it's been. Um, I'm not in the best shape I've been, but I feel great about myself and I feel happy. And it's, it's mad how you kind of respond to these different things, isn't it? But yeah, it's interesting to think back to how I was years and years ago going from that really incompetent person. And then I went to the really over-obsessive person. Um, and that was just like, you don't enjoy things when you're doing it that way. You've got to find that healthy balance. And I feel that's what you've got to get across with clients, isn't it? You've got to enjoy it, enjoy the process, enjoy your life at the same time and realise that we've all got a bit of a, what's the word? I don't want to say limit because I always say to people, push yourself as much as you can to do it. But everyone's different and it's about you feeling comfortable and happy and confident so I feel yeah that's where I am I don't I don't wear a hoodie on holiday anymore that's the main thing 
Oh, that's good. That's one way to sweat out, though. I remember um, on my birthday about four years ago, I boxed that in Tenerife. I boxed the um, Spanish really? national. Yeah, I boxed the Spanish national champion, and I literally, I remember, just started to warm up, and I was like, just pissing with sweat. It was absolutely mad. So what did you do post like boxing is where you started out, is it? Yeah, essentially. So I started boxing when I was like at uni, my freshman year at uni. Um, started boxing to kind of lose that freshers weight, and because my dad had always said when I was younger, I remember I went to boxing gym for like about six months or so when I was younger. I really enjoyed it. So I went to this like mixed martial arts gym up in Richmond, um, down where I live in London. Then, yeah, just literally was in there, trained for about six weeks, and then the Muay Thai trainers, so they train like all disciplines. The Muay Thai trainers like drawn a fight, and I was like. I don't know how to kick. I was like, I can punch. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of like kept doing that. And I just basically tried to get in, just take as many fights as I could. Um, again, just to build up that confidence of being in the ring. And I just kept winning them all as well. So I was like, and then we had this new boxing trainer come in. And then, yeah, from there, like me and him just really got on. And then we just basically kept getting in loads of boxing fights, loads of boxing fights. Um, and then, yeah, went like into that kind of unlicensed scene. There's like a really good um, promoter called like Queensbury Boxing League, and they put on amazing shows. Went in there, started boxing for them, got to just kept winning titles then, and then I won like the national title, like the Southern Area title, and the national title, got to like the British title. And that's when I lost my first fight when I was, yeah, I was like 16 fights undefeated in the in that in that league, and then I lost that one. It like destroyed me, and then. Yeah, and then just basically carried on from there. And yeah, and then turned pro. I had like my last fight was about a year ago. And then now it's just, yeah, unfortunately, there's just no money in boxing. Just got a house and that's so I've got big financial responsibilities. And mm. it's like training and like coaching people now as well. So like still do like a few boxing classes in this gym I'm in now. Um, Boxing's such a good workout, isn't it? Like obviously, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I think people can probably tell that I'm not a professional boxer or anything. <laughs> I've done like pad work and stuff. I used to do it with one of the other PTs in the gym I worked in. And oh my God, that is an intense workout, isn't it? It's amazing. Like when you think about boxing, you think it's just all punching. And then when you actually do pad work and you realise yeah. it's all about like coordinating your hands, your feet, your eyes, your range, your distance. And it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's such a difficult skill. Yeah. Such, yeah, it's such a good sport. Totally, yeah, definitely. But it's um, it's really funny what you're saying there about how you kind of you put on a little bit of side, like a little bit more weight, and you're happier than ever. Because mine's the same. So obviously, being in boxing, it's a weight making sport. So mm. probably for the last 15 years of my life, I've been on just a consistent diet. So you always need to. I never want to get too far away from being on weight because otherwise, it's just a nightmare. With starting a camp, doing like the Ricky Hatton, and having to lose loads of weight for each fight. And um, and this has been the first time I like I, I stopped boxing about in April. I was like, you know, what? I want to actually put a bit of weight on for once. I want to put some size on. And so I actually just started becoming a bit loose. And like literally trying to eat more and more calories like daily. And it's um, yeah, I'm the same. So I'm not I'm not nearly as like normally I'm like walk around just, like consistent like six pack and that. And it's just hard. It's difficult to do. Just walking around consistently in like in crazy shape. It's, mm. it's such a stress. 
it's, it's actually long. You have to be so vigilant and so neurotic, essentially, about what you eat, how many calories you eat, how much cardio you're doing. This, yeah, so now I'm the same, mate. I train like four times a week. I'm not doing like loads of cardio like I'd always do. I go for like, um, I try and do at least like one run a week because I, I like going out jogging just for my headspace. I like a nice jog because it clears my mind. But yeah, just mine's the same as you, just doing kinds of like weighted circuits and it's just, yeah, I'm so much more at ease and so much happier, I'd yeah. say, actually being a bit bigger. Yeah. I think like from client's point of view as well, like the, what I always say to my clients is, you know, me and you both and probably most PTs are at that point where we've got enough nutritional knowledge to not have to constantly be tracking our food. You know, we know yeah. we eat with food or these foods throughout the day, we're going to end up probably in our calorie deficit. We're going to hit the right amount of protein. Never going to be massively perfect if you're not completely tracking it, is it? But yeah. so I'm kind of at that point where I'm happy. You know, if I, without sounding like big-headed, you're, you're probably the same. If we wanted to get really ripped and lean, like we can get for our clients, um, we, we can proper knuckle down on the nutrition and get really, really, really strict and do it. You know, you know the few little tips that you need to do, the few little adjustments to your diet to yeah help you just cut off that cut off weight it's true I spent believe 10 years tracking my calories so yeah it's one of those things it can almost like eyeball a meal and know roughly how many sort of calories in it what the yeah. breakdown it's it's actually sad to say <laughs> like, yeah that's, i think you need to do that a little bit sometimes especially with someone who's got no like a new client who comes on board and they're not clued up about calories you know for quite uh the, like the full 19 day coaching period they go through with me and probably the same with you i get them tracking pretty much the full time on that um but it's never you don't be tracking your calories for the rest of your life either that goes back for me to like these approaches that you can't maintain what it's about is understanding for me getting into good eating habits and kind of knowing what patterns to follow in regards to what you eat on a daily basis and know that eating this throughout the day most days a week is going to end up leaving you in a deficit. You're going to be where you want your protein, where you want your carbs. And every now and again, I, I like to go back and just check it and I'll just track my food for a full week and just see where I'm at just to remind yourself. I think unless you're kind of like a big cover model or, you know, whatever, that's the kind of lifestyle that most, the average person should want to aim for, I would say. I don't know if you think differently with that, but. No, hundred percent. I think unless, yeah, unless you're going to like a professional bodybuilder, um, or unless you're like a professional athlete where you need to be at a certain weight all the time, you need to be of a certain fitness level all the time, then yeah, obviously, then you're going to have to be pretty neurotic about your diet all year round. Yeah. But then for average Joe, no, because like a lot of my clients will say, it's like tracking stresses them out. Mm. If you're sitting there, you've got a busy job. The last thing you want to then be doing, especially if it's like your, your partner cooking, you're then trying to look and going, um, how many grams of sweet potato is that? Can you measure that? And then make sure I only get X amount. Like, it's just not, it's not pragmatic. No. I, and the other thing as well, I would say with calories, you know, we know calories is a fact. If you're in a calorie deficit, you'll lose weight. If you're in a calorie surplus, you'll gain weight. So it does work. But at the same time, I would say people, it kind of doesn't either because even when you're tracking calories, no matter how accurate you are, you're, 
there was like a study done with a group of people and they were asked to track the, the food they're eating and some of them tracked in like a margin of error of like a thousand calories so there were a thousand registered it was actually um registered dietitians they did yeah. it with um registered dietitians and they were on average about yeah up to a thousand calories out yeah so if you do that that's your calories that you're consuming that's assuming you've even worked out how many calories you're burning correctly yeah so the margin of error is so unless you're hooked up to loads of scientific testing equipment you're never going to get it perfect but i think you've got to have that basic understanding of it and have some sort of idea of where you need to be aiming for but yeah you've just got to look at like anything how you can maintain these things long term and like we said tracking it every single day for the rest of your life it's not going to happen is it so no exactly so just on that point like touch on what we were saying earlier about like quick fixes and you get nowadays there's these juice cleanses herbal life skinny jabs skinny teas all these bollocks what would be just say four or five points that you'd give to the clients say look just do these things and just see how you get on after that so four or five little fat loss tips some little staples in say maybe the um guidance that you give to your clients well i would say like the way i look at it is with the um sort of fitness and nutrition side of it first of all your nutrition the first thing my clients do is before i even look at giving them any goals i just get them into a habit of doing a bit of logging and tracking it and getting their head around that side of things just initially and then for me the first step is addressing food quality um now obviously me and you both know that technically you could eat chicken and veg every single day and you could still gain weight from it you could eat pizza every day and you could still lose weight from it so the main thing obviously is the calories and how much you're eating but for me food quality is a big one as well so we look at the food quality i always go for what i call the caveman rule so 80 20 split if you can't kill it or you can't grow it then those are the foods that you want to be avoiding uh, or not avoiding keeping in moderation so 20 percent of your foods come from that side of things the other 80 percent the majority should fit the caveman rule so you know like natural whole based foods that kind of thing so that's my first step for them with food quality um and then i would say after that when it comes to nutrition just understand your portions more look at the foods that you like and understand how they affect you with you know your calories and where it sits with you and what you're eating at the minute and how you can adjust that slightly. The worst way to do it, like as we both know, is giving someone some sort of meal plan and say, right, here you go, go away and follow this. You've got to look at what you're doing already and adjust that and build new habits from that. Um, the biggest problem people have, I feel, is or one of the biggest fears is completely breaking old habits and completely building new habits. But we kind of do need to do that. So if you can make the process of doing that a little bit less intimidating and just change them gradually, that's what sets you up for the long-term results. So I would say nutrition-wise, look at your food quality, follow a bit of a caveman split, have an understanding of at least your calories to start with and understand your portion sizes and that kind of thing. And then exercise-wise, do some kind of resistance training. Stop doing like running five times a week and going for a jog and doing nothing else and expecting to get lean and ripped because it's not going to happen. So any kind of resistance training, it doesn't need to be, as me and you know, like picking up a massively stacked barbell in a gym. You know, you can do a decent body weight circuit, um, especially in lockdown more than ever. I think we've realized that we can do more at home with limited equipment. So yeah, quality of your food, your portion sizes, 
less less cardio and more resistance training. They're the they're the three big things I say to people. Everyone thinks I hate cardio because I always go on about it. But <laughs> I genuinely don't I hate doing cardio because I find it boring and I look like an idiot when I run. But it's not that I hate it. I hate when people they do nothing else apart from cardio. I don't hate it, but I'm just like that frustrates me for people. You've got to do a bit more than that. You've got to get outside your comfort zone a little bit. The thing I think people need to um, realize as well is Kaido is just a tool in your kind of fat loss toolkit. Yeah. It's not the only one that you should use and it's not by any means the best one or most effective one. Definitely not. It's like I would say you could, Kaido's going to burn calories for you, isn't it? It, Mm. It'll help put you in a calorie deficit. It's not going to do an awful lot more for your body composition. It's not the best way to target fat. It's not the best way to build lean muscle. So, you know, it's just another way of being in a calorie deficit, really. But people enjoy it. If you enjoy it, then do it. It makes you feel good. But as long as it's not the only thing that you're doing, that's where people tend to go wrong, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. So I say, so I like to go for a jog to clear my mind or yeah. just knock the crap out of a bag for a little bit. Like, you can't be stressed after you just smash the hell out of a bag. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still not like free headspace. So, what's the thing? Like- oh, sorry, go. I'm just going to say, I tried, when lockdown started, I was like, right, this is my moment now. I'm going to start <laughs> doing it two, three times a week. And I did it for like the first two weeks. And I thought for me, it'd be good, especially being in lockdown. And like you say, just a bit of headspace and to get me outdoors. But I don't think I'm ever going to be a runner. I've come to terms with the fact now. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with that. So skipping. I've been doing a lot of skipping in um, lockdown. Yeah. Got myself a fancy little skipping rope. I'm a great skipper. <laughs> so I think that's my version of you on a punch bag. Better skipping. Oh, yeah, skipping is one I like as well. So wherever I go, I always set my skipping rope. That is one little piece of equipment. It's just so easy, so portable. You don't need any room. I think a skipping rope is the best little go-to. I'm trying to do what they call like the double ones now. I'm trying to get a bit fancy. Yeah. Got the basics, and now I'm, I'm ready to progress, I think. <laughs> ready to take the next step. Yeah. So, um... Obviously, you're saying you're, you're quite big on mindset. What are some of the big sort of, um, what would be a big mindset shift that has helped you um, and that you found that has helped your clients a lot as well? Um, I would say the biggest one for me, ironically, and I keep saying about lockdown, but lockdown has been a bit of an eye opener for me and I, I feel I've learned and changed so much in lockdown. So something that happened to me over lockdown was just not caring so much about what people thought. Um, I realized that is one of the biggest things that has ever held me back in life. Personally, business-wise, professionally, everything, caring too much about what other people think is just the, one of the biggest reasons I feel people are not going to get to where they want to be. Same with clients. When you set out on a fitness journey or something like that, if you're constantly worrying in the back of your mind what other people are thinking about you, um, you're just going to hold yourself back. And... It's, I'm still trying to discover what can be like a magic trigger for people to break that mindset. Um, I think what you've got to do is think about all the things that you've held yourself back from doing purely because you've been too concerned about how other people are going to react to you um, and how other people respond. And when I thought about it, for me, it was the whole thought that in, in your life and for everyone, there's probably about three, four people, family, partners, really, really close friends, so, I don't know, three, four, five people in your life that have any real impact on your overall happiness, your finances, your emotions, your health, that kind of thing. Um, And they're people normally who you 
kind of have to have around because it's like close family or partner. So I, normally they're going to be the people who should be the most supportive of you. Everyone else who doesn't have any kind of impact on your overall happiness and your health and your well-being and your, you know, your finances, whatever, what does it matter what they think? Um, a great example I got from someone, when I spoke to another PT once, this is from a PT's point of view, but it's still relevant. A PT was like proper holding themselves back and they quit the fitness industry because they were too bothered about what other PTs thought about what they were doing. And it's, you know, it can be tough in fitness and like we've got like a nice connection and we've got a nice network of other PTs, but there's some, you know, there can be some not so nice ones out there. Yeah. And then it comes down to the fact that the only person who will never pay you as a PT is another PT. So why get so hung up on what other people think? And for me, that's the best advice I could give to anyone right now. Um, clients, other PT, anybody, stop caring what other people think so much. If it's affecting you and stopping you from getting to where you want to be, you've got to break that habit. So that's the biggest mindset hack I've, um, I've had through lockdown. Lockdown's been like, what's that word? Like a big epiphany for me. It's been amazing. Yeah. I think that also ties into what you were saying earlier about the gyms being closed, because I find one of the key things that holds a lot of people back from wanting to get in shape is they believe they need a gym to get in shape. But then a lot of people are scared to go into a gym because they feel that when they walk into the gym, everyone's judging them. So mm. it's this kind of like double-edged sword where they just can't win. So they won't go to the gym, but then they won't do anything at home because they just feel they need the gym. And it's like this endless kind of spiral again where they just won't take that first step. And I think... That's one of the good things about, again, about um, this whole COVID um, issue is a lot of people are actually now feeling a bit more empowered because they mm. realise they can actually do what they need to do at home. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think sometimes we get in our own heads a bit. And, you know, unfortunately, the world we're in, there is going to be some not so nice people out there who do laugh at an overweight person in the gym and, you know, they will make it in a comfortable place. But the majority of the time, especially when it comes to a gym, it's in your own head. Everyone's just getting on with their own thing and they're not too asked about what everyone else is doing. So I think there's that mentality as well where we just have it in our own heads a bit too much where we think that everyone's judging us and we think everyone's paying way too much attention to what we're doing when they're probably really not. But yeah, you're right, with the gym shutting, I mean, for me, I'm looking forward to the gyms reopening, don't get me wrong, but it's made me realise that I don't, have to revolve everything around you know the fitness side of my life being in the gym um i've done new things skipping being one of them did yoga as well <laughs> honestly it's taken a global pandemic to get me to do yoga but I've, I've done it so there's so many things that yeah the gyms were a big thing when they shut but you're right i feel it has changed the game for a lot of people hopefully that'll be in a good way as well because i'm hoping there's going to be a lot of people who maybe felt a bit intimidated to go to a gym before lockdown, but I've now done something about their fitness. What made me laugh was um, so many people started deciding to do home workouts, and I'm not knocking these people, but a lot of people have never done any sort of workout in the past in their life before. Um, so it was like really random, but at the same time, it's really good. If this has spurred people into taking some big action, then all the better for it. I think what happened was people were concerned about not being active because of lockdown. So, because we didn't have our normal activity patterns, people just started doing some sort of workout, even if they weren't a big exerciser before, just to avoid that lack of inactivity. So, I think lockdown, it's, it's been tough for people, but I think there's a good lot of positives come out of it as well. 
Yeah, I think there's a huge amount of positives. Um, and then just on that, what you're saying about sort of a little change in perspective is one of the biggest things was for mine was someone telling me is like, don't worry about what other people are thinking because everyone's just got so much of their own shit. And then yeah. I remember when I broke up with my ex, I was in the gym training and I was, you know, you just kind of sitting there. I just finished, um, finished a set and I kind of sat up on the, on the bench. I looked around and kind of briefly caught eyes or something and kind of looked away. And then I went and had a client about two minutes later and then she was saying, oh, I feel really like insecure. People are looking at me. She was, um, she was quite overweight at the time. And then I was like, thinking about myself. And I was like, do you know what? I was like, no one gives a shit. Like, honestly, I was like, everyone is so focused on their own bullshit and their own issues. It's like, yeah, someone might look at you and judge you for a split second. That person is probably an arsehole. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, they just go straight back to thinking about really having to go buy milk after the gym or mm. that person that come off on the roundabout. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you're right. I feel like, as well, with these people who you get who do, like, judge and, like, you know, slag other people off and just lay into people constantly, it's like you hear it a lot and people will always say, you know, it's their own insecurities and their own issues. And it gets thrown around a lot. But, again, through lockdown, kind of taking a step back and thinking about things, I've realised that's so true. And when you think about the people who may, you know, give you a hard time and may you know, chat shit about you and judge and stuff like that. A lot of the time, it's down to their own insecurities and how they're dealing with their own issues. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of good to come out of lockdown. If it helps people get that push to doing stuff and caring less about what people think, then the better. I think being away from a lot of negativity as well, because we've, we're have in a position where we've been able to choose who we've had sort of contact with, really, haven't we, through lockdown? Yeah. So you've been able to take a bit of a step back from been away from certain people which I found has really helped so yeah there's some good to come out of it and I think it's also been good to two of the biggest things for myself is also realizing just who is really important to you as well yeah. like you know them people that are like messaging you like every night like people who are actually staying in contact you actually realize that you've got a lot of people who not that you say you thought might have been closer but you've pretty much have just been vacant the whole time and and it's, it's kind of showing you the people who are actually really supportive of you and who you are actually closer to. But yeah. you know one of the biggest things for me is I realise how distracted I normally always am. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's just been because, obviously, um, I run my own business. So I'm always, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I could be doing this, I could be doing this, to the point where I actually struggle sometimes just to sit down with my missus and watch a film like she's she works corporate so she's done at like six but then i'll just be busy i'm like am i, am I actually being productive like could i not just save what i'm doing to the next day and i, I find that yeah it's one of the biggest openers for me is i'm like no i'm, I'm stopping at a certain time and just focusing yeah. on my messages yeah i just get so like distracted and it stresses me out that i do that now and like, that's one thing i really realized i do mm. I think it, you're definitely right. It's made you realise, first of all, who kind of is there for you and who's important. I think we went through that whole thing at first where you've got to be careful not to, you know, judge, not judge other people, but just because someone's not texting you to check in with you doesn't mean 
don't care or anything, I suppose. It's one of those where everyone's going through their own shit, their own issues. There's a lot of people who I really care about who I maybe not spoke to as much through lockdown. Mm. But I think more than anything, it has just made you focus on the priorities in life as well, hasn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. And like, like you said, just taking a bit more time. I'm like terrible with keeping in touch with people sometimes. Like so, so bad. <laughs> In my friends group, I'm like, I've got such a bad reputation with being the one who texts back about five days later and <laughs> never goes on social things. So it's made me think, do you know what? I need to make more effort with certain people. And when this is over, I'm, I'm going to start sort of prioritising a bit, you know, with my time and splitting the work and that kind of thing with people who I need to actually split it with. But yeah, it's been, it's been such an eye opener in so many ways. It's always interesting as well to like speak to other people and find out how they've dealt with it because Ooh. I think there's a massive split and I, I do feel for some people because some people have a really shit time of it. Some people have either really struggled through lockdown, others have just kind of like survived through it and just got through it and others have really come out of it in a, in a good place. So it's good that there has been some positives and yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I guess what it comes down to, you just make sure you appreciate the little things as well. like. One thing I've enjoyed is how creative people have been with yeah. this, how people have really like adapted to the certain situations. Like banana bread. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's made banana bread. <laughs> I'm not actually gonna like my missus makes the best banana bread. That is yeah, that is one good thing to come out of COVID. <laughs> so um But um, yeah, like little things like the way people are setting up all these different like Zoom like parties yeah. and stuff and like things like that, like people get more creative, like poker nights over Zoom and. Have you and had many just... Zoom parties you've had to go to? Pardon? Have you had many Zoom parties you've had to go to? Yeah, I've had a couple like friends' birthdays and stuff, and it's quite it's quite funny getting drunk like this. <laughs> it's it's a bit <laughs> it's bizarre, those, but. Like... When you're like, you're there, you know, you kind of, you get to a point, you have a real night out, you're like, hmm, I think I'm ready to go home now. But on a Zoom yeah. party, I'm like, oh, what do I do? Shut your laptop. Really, yeah, it's like my battery's died. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah always. But anyway, on that note, man, I think we should uh, start wrapping up. So cool. any any little pointers you'd like to leave the, uh, the listeners with? I think just what we talked about, and honest to God, you know, anyone who kind of knows me well, who's known me well throughout lockdown will know, the biggest difference over the last few months for me in regards to my business, my personal life, everything has been caring less about what people think. And also going back to the fact that I've put on a bit of weight in lockdown. I'm not overweight. I'm still in pretty good shape, I'd like to think. But just caring less about what people will think of me, you know, because I have put on a bit of weight. I'm a ha in a happy place. I'm, you know, more comfortable, more confident. So when it comes to anything, if you want to do it, just stop caring what other people think so much because... For me, it's the biggest thing that's ever held me back and guarantee, even if you don't realise it, it's probably holding a lot of other people back right now. So break through that mentality, focus on you, do what you want to do for yourself and just don't let other people restrict you from achieving what you want to achieve, 100%. Got deep yeah. Sorry. That's massive. That is massive. <laughs> so um, where can people find out more about you? Like what sort of social media platforms you're most active on or where would you like people to, me um, to send people to find I out more about yourself? Uh, obviously my Facebook page, um, personal profile on my Facebook business page. Um, got Instagram as well. Gone for a bit of an Instagram phase at the minute as well, linking into the whole 
not care what people think. So I don't post much on it. <laughs> um but i've got my instagram as well so you can find me on there but yeah give me a shout um get on my page or something and yeah see what i'm up to but i think similar to you i think we we follow a similar kind of approach of what we do so that's really good and hooking up like this is really good to get different opinions and different points of view of it so it's been really good to catch up and have a proper chat about it all yeah awesome my love thanks a lot for coming on mate i really enjoyed that chat me too, no problem at all. I'll do it again. It's been good. Yeah, for sure. But I'll link everything up in the show notes as well. Awesome, that'd be great. Look forward to it. Cool. Peace. Thanks, man.